for this evening, joined by Mario, Josh, and Jordan. So going over a quick recap of our victory over the Jaguars of South Alabama, a victory that required overtime, but a victory that uh, we expected and a victory that I'm, I'm glad we came out with. We were worried this was going to be a bit of a trap game. To start off, the defense played really, really well. Negative five rushing yards in total for South Alabama, negative 22 yards specifically for Jake Bentley, a performance that... In all honesty, we didn't see coming. This defense has struggled against the run all season. They haven't been able to stop it. But in this game, they did, and they came up with a victory. What are your takeaways from the game, guys? Yeah, it was a little bit different than what we expected. We expected the defense to really be the ones lacking, and really that was the offense the entire game. We had some turnovers that killed us, but the defense actually stepped up, and the defense was actually the reason we won this game when they've really been the reason that we've lost every game or not won every game by more than we should have. So... It was really good to see the defense step up and kind of switch roles. Not too concerned about the offense, though. I think they'll get it right. I got to go with you on that, Josh. I got to say the defense as well. I mean, Silas Kelly, hey, what can we say? This guy had a game. Um, had an interception. Interception even made it on Sports Center Top 10. Um, and Josiah Stewart, I mean, this freshman, God almighty, just doing it, doing numbers. I mean, doing Teron Jackson numbers. As a freshman, and it's, it's crazy to see him do this, but we needed some players to step up with uh, Teron leaving, and he's definitely filled in that spot. And uh, definitely those two players, to me, are a real reason why we won this game. Yeah, not doing Teron Jackson numbers, beating Teron Jackson numbers. He breaks the school record for sacks in a season. Again, this is a true freshman that coming into the season we knew little to nothing about. He was kind of an unheralded recruit. Was a, He had a good rating. He was a fine recruit, you know, and we were glad to have him in here, but didn't expect this level of production out of him right away. Yeah, absolutely. I mean... You know, I think we really, I think we really did luck out when we got Josiah Stewart again. Like you said, we didn't know who this guy was, and he came in and he absolutely turned into a monster that we just did not expect. And honestly, I'm I'm very excited for what the future holds for him because now we're looking at all these seniors on this defensive line. You know, Gunter Brewer, and we're looking at them. Josiah Stewart might turn into a very young leader on that defensive line, and so now it's up to him come next year to be that leader. But we're not going to focus on next year, okay? Overall, I think this defense did an amazing job. Like you said, negative five rushing yards. I think that absolutely, you know, deserves like a nice little couple claps right there because, because again, we're not accustomed to seeing that from our rushing defense. And not only that, but neither one of us, as as much as we love Coastal, neither one of us would have said, hey, Coastal's going to come in here and hold this team to negative five. If one of us said that, we'd all be like how – we'd all be just going right on each other. Yeah, and a point I want to bring up, the reason South Alabama had so few rushing yards is because they were forced to abandon it so quickly. When you can take away a team's, you know, one of their options that early in the game, they finished the game with only 23 carries, right? Negative five yards, impressive, like we said. But the main thing here is you forced South Alabama to be one-dimensional. Unfortunately, that one dimension was really, really good. Jake Bentley, who we thought might not play this game, they might rest him with that, that MCL tear he's dealing with, comes out, plays really well on one leg. You know, he, he tore it up. But his wide receiver core is really impressive. I mean, I know Coastal has a really good receiving core, Javon Hiley and, you know, Cam Brown and Latushko and those guys. I think South Alabama has the best in the Sun Belt, and I think they proved it in this game. Jalen Tolbert, 10 receptions, 191 yards, and a touchdown. He was uncoverable all game. 
Jalen Wayne, nine receptions, 111 yards. Jake Bentley finishes with 354 yards and two touchdowns. The difference in this game, Jake Bentley's three interceptions. It's a point that I made in, in the pregame show where I thought we were going to need turnovers to win this game, and we forced a couple from Bentley, and it really elevated our, our chances to win this game. But a little bit shaky on in the defensive secondary beyond the interceptions. What do you guys think of that? Yeah, I think that um, for our defense, the secondary, to play the way that we did against South Alabama, we definitely have to clean that up, um, especially with the bowl game coming up. We cannot allow uh, two receivers on an opposing team to have over 200, almost 300 yards receiving combined. I mean, we just have to have that cleaned up. And what really struck me was I really thought that um, I really thought that the Jordan Strong should have been on either Jalen Tobert or Jalen Wayne. Um, it was really weird to see another corner on our team be on those two. Not discrediting those corners, but you have we have the best corner in the Jordan Strong. Take your chance with him being on one of those two receivers. And I really thought that that was really just something I think the defense coordinator should have definitely made an adjustment on, seeing what uh, those two did in the first half. Yeah, and that's something that we've really never done, and I'm not sure why. I'm not sure if they're super against that in their scheme or whatever, but – Jordan Strong always plays on the left side no matter what. I don't know if he's ever taken a snap on the right side. And really, they just put the receivers on the other side of the field. Or if he's in the zone, they know that. And they just run away from him. So really, they can kind of take Jordan Strong out of the game. And that exposes any other weak links we have. Or if we're playing a zone, they know that we're not throwing on this side. So they can really nitpick on the other side. And I don't know. I would really like to see Jordan Strong being switched onto these guys and just Hey, DeJordan, you've got Jalen the entire game. Like, that's what I would like to see. Yeah, and again, like you said, him playing only on the left side and they move all the receiver, the best wide receivers to the right, that's an easy counterpunch. And I talked about it, and I said it a good two or three times last time. I said I wanted to see Jalen Tolbert versus DeJordan Strong. We didn't get to see that. And, you know, I'm kind of bummed because, like I said, I think these two, like, knew each other's names and they were very familiar with each other. I wanted to see what that matchup was going to be like. Because maybe the Jordan Strong locks him down. Maybe Tolbert still has 190-something yards. We don't know, but we'll never get to find out because they just want to put the receivers on the right. So I completely agree with you. The other thing is also, I feel like I feel like whatever corner is on that other side of this Jordan Strong has to match with the Jordan Strong. The Jordan Strong is an absolute lockdown. He's an absolute stud. Be that lockdown. Okay, there's no reason why that ball should be going near your direction at 190 yards. Yeah, and, you know, that matchup only happened a couple times in this game, and those are two guys that have really good shots at being first-team all-sun belt. Jalen Tolbert has a really good shot at being an All-American. I mean, this guy has lit it up. I know he was a Bolitnikoff semifinalist, didn't make it into the, the list of three finalists, which I think is a little disappointing for him and for South Alabama, kind of like how we were upset that Isaiah likely didn't make it onto the Mackey finalist. But that's you know it's something this this defense has got to overcome even if you have a strategy and even if you have a game plan that says to Jordan Strong is going to line up here and he's going to do this once you get smacked in the mouth a couple of times getting burned in coverage by Tolbert you got to make an adjustment you got to you know change what you're doing and it's something that Coastal Carolina has struggled with all season you know in the Appalachian State game they had that slot receiver that was burning us deep every play and they didn't make an adjustment. In the, the Georgia State game, they didn't make an adjustment to counter a running quarterback and a quarterback that could scramble out and make plays, and, and they didn't counter a good run game in, in South Alabama. And so, 
you know, you end up with this defense that can't do it all. They're, they're a jack of all trades, but a master of none. They sit and they, they're really good against the pass one week. And then that same week, they're bad against the run. The next week, they'll come out and they'll hold South Alabama to negative five rushing yards, but give up 350-plus in passing yards. No, the turnovers are great. The turnovers are what won this game. Without it, I think South Alabama comes up with a win and they're bowl eligible. And Coastal, I don't think 9-3 and three is disappointing, but I think it's a bit of a letdown. You know, we can't be pampered children at Coastal Carolina and, you know, anything less than 10 wins is unacceptable type thing. But it's definitely disappointing with the expectations that this team came in with. It's already a little bit disappointing that you finished third in your division this year when you were projected to win it, or at the very least split it with South, or excuse me, with Appalachian State. So, I don't know. I think they'll, they'll get better, and I think one of the ways that they get better is by leaning into Josiah Stewart. We mentioned him a lot this episode already, but, I mean, the dude had three sacks. He looked unblockable all game, breaks Teron Jackson's single-season record for, for sacks, and I think that's a guy that moving forward you lean into heavy and you make him a terror in the Sun Belt. And that's a guy that prevents you from passing because you've got half a second to decide where you're going to pass. And he makes your life hell in the run game because you can't run to his side or else you're getting tackled for loss. So, you know, I think that's some of the steps that Coastal Carolina can do. And I think that's some of the steps they can take in their upcoming bowl game, wherever that may be, and can improve on this defense. But moving to the offensive side of the ball... Grayson McCall had an iffy game. He even came out on Instagram and said, you know, without great quarterback play this week, we still managed with the dub. I wouldn't go that far. I think he still played a, played a, a good game. It wasn't great. It wasn't a typical Grayson McCall game. But Shamari Jones had a monster afternoon. I'm Just insane. 211 yards, a 9-yard average, and a touchdown. He had a 75-yard run where he just went untouched to the end zone. It was awesome. Like, Excellent, excellent play for him. But what were your guys' takeaways from the offense this week? You want to know what I find really, really funny? Because you mentioned it earlier, and I didn't even notice it. South Alabama, they had 23 rushes, negative 5 yards. Shamari Jones has 23 rushes, 211 (laughs) yards with a TD. (laughs) Tell me that's not the funniest thing. And he wears number 5. So, you know. (laughs) (laughs) What are the odds? I'm sorry. But, um, yeah, overall, you know, Shamari Jones did an absolutely amazing job. I would like to say I'm shocked, but I'm not because Shamari Jones is absolutely capable and we're used to seeing him putting up numbers like these. Yeah, I think he'll come into next season as the number one running back in the, in the Sun Belt. I don't think there's anybody that can rival him. I know Appalachian State will always have some guy that comes out of nowhere and has a good game, right, But or has, you know, a really good season in their case. But I think coming in, he'll be preseason Sun Belt first team, and, and he's going to be great for a long time to come for Coastal. Yeah, and you know what's weird about that is going into this season and really the first three or four games, I would have said that Reese White was the best running back on our team by by not far, but a decent amount. And I kind of believe that he might be slightly but They're definitely good at different things, but they're on about the same level, I think. And Shamari Jones... Normally, this is a three-man backfield with Bennett, Jones, and White. Reese White has really kind of been out of the picture the last couple weeks, but Shamari Jones is only 12 yards away from reaching 1,000 yards this season in a three-man committee. That's ridiculous. And the other guys are up like 400 yards. Reese White still has like five, 600 yards this season as well. So the rushing game, uh, C.J. Marable left, and that has definitely taken a lot away from our receiving out of the backfield. Yeah. Shamari Jones literally has three receptions all year. 
But as far as rushing goes, we're even a better rushing team than we were last year. So the running game was fantastic, and really the running game won us the game this week as well. Yeah, and when you guys bring up Shamari Jones, and I think Shamari Jones had an absolutely amazing game this past weekend. And uh, I'll say Javon Hiley. <laughs> I'll say Javon Hiley. He had a really good game. Javon Hiley had six catches for 87 yards, and he had a touchdown. And he broke a lot of records this, this weekend, too, uh, in his uh, Coastal Carolina career. Um, and it was just really a great thing to see him come out and do the things that he did and try to have one last good regular season game uh, in that Shauna Clear uniform. And just looking forward just to seeing what's going to happen in this bowl game. I mean, if we can see Grayson do Grayson numbers, Shamari's running the ball the way that he's running, and then we can get Likely and Hiley and even Cam Brown. Yeah. You know, we get those guys have really good games along with this great rushing attack, and he, uh, Shamar Jones can keep this going. I mean, I feel, I feel really bad for whoever has to play us. Granted, our defense gets better uh, by the time the bowl game starts, but we'll just have to wait to see what happens. Yeah, and, you know, we talked – Grayson, like I said, posted on Instagram something like not great quarterback play. I think he's being a little bit hard on himself. Without him, I, we don't win this game. Right. And especially, I mean, that play in overtime was special. That play in overtime was something crazy that, you know, South Alabama scores, ties the game, sends it into overtime. And Coastal Carolina at that moment is at a fork in the road. They can say, ah, whatever, they tie the game and just kind of quit, roll over, whatever. Grayson McCall says, no, we're not doing that. Winning this game comes out 25 yards, makes their entire defense miss. It feels like he had like eight missed tackles on that game, on that uh, play. But it's just special, special player, and excited to see what the future has with 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 him and Coastal. And if you're noticing a theme in this episode, we're looking forward a lot, and it's mainly because a the season is over, and b the bowl games are looming, and they're always different. But before we move on a bit too much, I want to give a special shout out to two guys: Alex Billum, two interceptions, phenomenal game from him. You know, we said it earlier, those turnovers really, really cemented Coastal's chance to, e- to even be in this game. Without those interceptions, who knows? South Alabama might have, you know, 14 more points. And we're looking at, a, at a, another loss coming home. But Alex Spillum puts, you know, the ball back in Grayson's hands. And Silas Kelly with one of the most ridiculous plays I've seen in a long, long time. <laughs> Just one-handed leaping over-the-shoulder interception that made it to number three on Sports Center's top 10, which is a crime in and of itself. The two plays that were above it were not as good. <laughs> but, like, it was it was something special. I think those guys both deserve a little bit of a shout-out for this game and for their performances. Yeah, and you really want to talk about fork in the road. We're down 10 nothing at halftime. And ever since the App State game, we've talked about adversity and what the team is going to decide to do, whether or not they face up and man up and play through it or if they just put their heads down and quit and South Alabama comes out they're driving down the field and it kind of looked like the defense had their heads between their tails and was kind of giving up and then Silas Kelly steps up and makes that play around what the five yard line or something that was yeah, a throw yeah. to the end zone so that would have been 17 nothing and Silas Kelly steps up and makes a big play energizes the whole defense and kind of just says that we're not done yet and we're going to fight and we're going to try to get back in this game so, although we haven't been blowing teams out like we thought we would and like we've wanted to see, these past couple weeks we have gotten a lot of experience in close games, 
we've kind of learned how to close out games, especially with this one. And I think that overall in the long run will be very helpful for us. But shout out to Silas Kelly for stepping up, making that play, and energizing the entire defense. Yeah, and you know, like you said, it's all about learning. And we have not been fairly well in these close games. Right. We lost by three to App State. We lost by two to Georgia State. This had to happen. I'm glad it happened this past weekend. We needed this win in a close game to try to get, get a little bit of um, a little bit of um, encouragement for those guys that they can win close games, and especially late game confidence. Right? Yeah, late yeah. game confidence. Definitely need that going in going into this bowl game. We don't know who we're gonna play, and if we end up playing a really good team, and it's, it's gonna be a dog fight for those whole four quarters, and it may, if it goes into overtime, this. This win is – they're going to look back at this win and say, hey, guys, we won this game at South Alabama. We were down 10 nothing, and we came back all the way from 10-0 and won this game. So this was really big, and Grayson may say that it wasn't good quarterback play. What really key for me was that third quarter, that whole 19-play drive they had. I think that 19-play drive, if they don't have that, that type of play uh, and go down there and score – you know, that they're not going to come back in this game. So that really was key for me, I think, for them getting back into the game. Right, right. And I never questioned, you know, Coastal's fight. Again, there's been games where we look and we're like, it shouldn't have been as close as it was. You know, we don't know what they're doing out there. They're out, they're, they're out beating us in every single stat. But I never questioned the fight. We were down 12 to Georgia State. Again, like you said, we could have rolled over and died. We came back. We, we ended up um, getting the touchdown, and we missed it by a two-point conversion. Then you go to this game, we're down by 10. We could have rolled over and died right there. Instead, we we kept our heads down and we pushed and we ended up getting the win. I never questioned Coastal's fight. And as to Grayson McCall, you know, I'm going to be honest. If I gotta, I'll be the guy. He didn't have that. I'm going to be honest. This whole game, it wasn't that great of a game. He had one interception, one TD, at 170-something yards. It's not the Grayson that we're used to seeing. I'll say it right now. But you know what? What makes great players is not like them putting up five TDs all the time. What it really is is no matter where how the game is going, you're going to fight to the end, and you know what you need to do to get your team to win. And that touchdown in overtime proved it, that Grayson McCall is a very, very special player. Now, and I'm happy that he's being hard on himself because the best players are. And if we're and if Grayson McCall were to just win this game and be like, I'm so happy that we got the la- that we got this win or whatever, then it shows you that like he's not being hard enough on himself. So I'm glad that he's like saying, hey, look, this was not my best game, and he is being hard on himself because it shows that he cares. Yeah, Steph Curry is, is the greatest shooter of a generation. And there was a highlight show reel that came out, and he made 105 corner threes in a row. You know what happened when he missed the 106th? He was pissed at himself. Like, that's a dude who wants to get better. That's a dude who cares. That's a dude who knows he's the best, but knows that he can always be better. Right? And Grayson shows that every week, whether it's, you know, getting punched in the stomach and throwing up on the field and, and continuing to play and, and continuing to play well. Whether that's you know fighting back from an injury that we thought would knock him out for the season, and he puts up five touchdowns last week, has that miracle run you know in this game to to win the game essentially in overtime, right? This is a guy that has Coastal's back all the time. Will always fight for Coastal. Will always put out his best effort for Coastal, and we're lucky to have him. Like let's let's put it that way. Without Grayson McCall, I don't think you go, you know, undefeated in the regular season last year. I don't think you walk away with 10 wins this season with the potential for 11 in your first bowl win ever. And it's really special to see a kid like that at Coastal and and this game 
again, not his best performance, but, man, he gave it his all every single play. Right. And the one thing I want to mention, too, is with special players is, again, we've seen how hard he is on himself. What I'm curious about is the, the best thing about Grace McCall being on this team is not just the play that he has, but the guys behind him who are learning from him. These backup quarterbacks that are coming in, you know, uh, Jared Guess, um, again, Bryce Carpenter, even though, he's, even though he's older, you know, them getting to see this by example. And I hope that he's even as hard on them as well, especially these young backup quarterbacks, because that's what they're going to need when they end up taking over. So stuff like that right there, that's what I really like about Grace McCall is, you know, I hope that the pressure that he's putting on himself, you know, to be great, I hope he puts that on his teammates too, and I hope the, his teammates use that as an example to become better. Right, and this whole season, we've seen Grayson McCall be tough. We've seen him make big plays, but that was the biggest play that he's made this season, probably in the crunch time, the biggest singular play where he stepped up and showed that he is that dude. We haven't really seen that this season. He hasn't really had an opportunity. Bryce Carpenter got that opportunity against Georgia State and kind of proved, I mean, he led a two-minute drive beautiful, proved he was that dude. But Grayson McCall to step up and do it in that fashion and put it on himself, especially with his legs, which is something he did a lot last year, which I don't think he's done enough this year, even though I know there's a risk of injury and he's been banged up. That was great to see that he just put the whole game on his back, the whole team on his back. He had two turnovers that game that were costly. But for him to put all that aside and go out there and get the team to win and show them that for them getting those turnovers, he has their back, that was fantastic to see, and really the first time I've seen that type of clutchness from him this season. He's um he's built different. Yeah, I can definitely tell you, and all of us here have seen him. He is built different. Uh, you look back to the Buffalo game. He throws he throw that he threw an interception uh, in that game, and he was so frustrated at himself. And you know he they people will say he got into it with Coach Chadwell. He didn't get into it with Coach Chadwell. He figured that, you know, he's only doing what's best for Coastal. He figured in that play, should have just ran the ball instead of throwing the ball. But, you know, he's built different. We, we see the preparation that he does. We see the work ethic that he has. And that's why, in my opinion, and, I, and all the guys here can, can agree probably that he's going to end up being, you know, the all-time, when it comes to QB play and all the accolades that comes with it, with the uh, passing yards and touchdowns, he's going to break those records. And he's going to, I think, what, Tyler Thickpen? Tyler Thickpen has all of them. Has right all now. the records right now. And Tyler Thickpen's a great here at Coastal. And he's going to, I believe he's going to end up breaking all of Tyler Thickpen's records here at Coastal. And, you know, you just love to see a guy like that that wants to win so bad and will do anything to try to put not only his team but the university on the map. And it's just really great to see. Right. And looking back at the season, now since I'm, now that I'm thinking about it, whether he was in pads or in a sweatshirt, we still seen that passion out of yep. Grayson McCall. You know, there was the game with Buffalo, and I remember there was a certain play that didn't work, and you see Grayson McCall take off the helmet, and he's yelling. Like, he's he's absolutely furious. And there's been times when he's not even playing the game, and he's furious. It shows that he cares about this team. It shows that he still puts that pressure not only on himself, but on, on his team. So, honestly, the question I had, it just got answered just thinking about this whole season. So, honestly, you know, Grayson McCall is going to be here next year. I, I hope it's the same approach. I hope it's the same mindset. There's no doubt in my mind that he has that same approach and same mindset. And I hope that whoever comes in ends up taken by that example and ends up applying it to their game. 
Yeah, and Grayson McCall, statistically-wise, has almost 2,600 passing yards. And he probably, looking at the stats right now the whole season, hasn't played four games from all the halves that he set out, the two games that he set out, probably four games of stats. And Tyler Thigpen's single-season passing yard record is 3,300. And Grayson McCall, I think if he plays those games, the way he's been playing this year, he's probably there. And if he stays, he'll definitely have, when we play tougher competition as well, he'll definitely be able to break some of these records. Yeah, for sure. With that, I think we go ahead and we wrap it up. You know, we're looking forward to, to bowl season. We haven't been announced in a bowl game yet. There's some speculation the Myrtle Beach Bowl will be our destination. We're really hoping it's not that. We're hoping that it's, you know, somewhere better. But even if that comes, we'll be here for a bowl special, and we'll probably have a couple more episodes of football scattered in there even between you know now and, and kickoff of the bowl game. And then we'll have our big season wrap-up at the end after that bowl game, regardless of what happens. We'll try and bring on a couple of guests, um, you know, bring in some different opinions and get a nice big show rolling there that'll probably be the longest one we've ever recorded. But it'll be a fun time for all of us to get together and recap what's been an incredible football season. But... With that, follow us on Instagram at Shant Show, on Twitter at The Shant Show. DM us, send us questions. We'd love to answer uh, what's going through your head, thinking about uh, bowl season, what's up ahead for Coastal, and maybe even some draft questions, where you're thinking these players are, what you know you want to hear from us. But with that, I'll sign us off. For Mario, Josh, and Jordan, I'm Curtis signing off. Shant's up. Yeah. Fuck. And I'm the only one with the shit you need to fix it. Now we strike one, I'ma send the next.